Joe presents TKO. Welcome to TKO on Joe. Uh, first up, massive shout out to all of you who watched and listened to our episode with Kurt Angle last week. I was looking at our views. We've had something like half a million views on like Facebook Watch and Instagram Live and Twitter and everything like that. Amazing. Power of the Jackal. Do you think so? No, I don't think it is. Don't think I, it's one of the WWE all-time Probably legends. is. Superstar, Kurt Angle, and a really nice guy as well. He was, he was. No prizes for guessing what we're talking about this week. Big fight tomorrow night, Wilder Fury rematch. First of all then, mate, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Should we cut the cake? If you want. I'm going to hop this little star because that's what I am. Yeah. You've already used that joke today. There was another star on there, but that's why we'll let it go. Yeah. I'm going to have a little slice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So the first thing I want to say as well, by the way, we've done this to you before. Yes. Your birthday, one of the shows, surprise you with a cake. Yep. Happy birthday. Yep. And it was all nice. Candles. There wasn't candles, candles no. Because we were in a fire station. Yeah. There you go. But this is just like sitting here. You know, there's no surprise element. Well, I tried and also to hide if you'd have done your research, you. I don't really like chocolate cake. Yeah, well, you get walking around. Look. Oh, sorry, mate. Anyway, listen. Get a spoon. Get stuck into that. Cheers, son. We're going fork, I'm going spoon. So, yeah, massive fight tomorrow night. One thing that we spoke about in New York with AJ was how the pressures of doing so much media, because there's no getting around it. It's been promoted brilliantly. But I would say it's almost to a point of complete saturation now where I don't want to hear anything more about this after Saturday. Yeah. Do you feel like that can sometimes take a bit of a, a toll on the fighters? I think it probably can. It seems to be super intense, this one, more so than any other fight. Yeah. More so than AJ fights, who gets an unreal amount of attention. But this fight, it's been talked about, it seems like, for a very long time. They've been doing a lot of media stuff. I just hope that both fighters have understood when there's there's time to do the media and it hasn't affected their training regime, which it can do. Not only do you try and plan your training sessions around media obligations, but they can be very tiring sometimes. Mm. So... Even if you've done the media obligation, you're finished on time and then you have to go training, you may just be tired and you may not put as much effort into a session as you would have without the media session. So it's very, very difficult to manage and I've never seen anything like this so far. It's an absolute media circus. I mean, you are no stranger to World Championship rematches in Vegas. It was uh, three years ago, January. You and Leo Santa Cruz did battle again. Very close fight, second time. Talk to me about your mindset preparing for a rematch did you make many changes no i didn't i was fit i was equally as fit going into the the second fight as it was in the first fight but an assumption that we made as a team was that santa cruz was just going to come faster and stronger and harder than he did before because he's a pressure fighter he applies a lot of pressure and he's just going to come even stronger than he did before he was intense in the fight, but he used his distance a lot more. And I didn't I didn't have a, a second plan or a, a plan B to, to negate that and figure a way around it. And I was just kept continuing to force, trying to force the fight, kept suiting him. And yeah, he won the fight fair and square. Because obviously you went into that as the, the winner of the first fight. Yeah. Right? There was no... There was no winner in this first fight. It was a draw. But yeah. obviously in the eyes of the many, the winner was Tyson Fury. Yeah. What's the mindset of... Deontay Wilder going into this fight feeling deep down that he probably lost that fight and was maybe lucky to get the draw knowing he's got to make some adjustments in order to to not come off second best tomorrow yeah I don't know that and that's the thing he will have to make adjustments I think the adjustments will have to be that he's a bit more aggressive but that may play into a fighter of Fury's calibre's hands being able to move around the ring more 
and see a, a kind of rushing forward wilder and picking him off a little bit easier. It's a, this fight, a lot of people are guessing as to what's going to happen, and I don't really know. Normally, I have a really solid opinion as to who's going to win a fight. I, I don't know in this one. I really don't. And I, I, but I think there's two ways this can end. Fury points, Wilder KO. I don't see another way. Did John say Wilder, to me, doesn't strike me as somebody that's... I feel like he's reached his ceiling. Like, what we see from him now is what we're going to get. Hmm. 33, 34. Watch the Luis Ortiz fight. He lost every second of every round apart yeah. from landing one right hand that ended the whole contest. Dominic Brazil was all over in 137 seconds. He got buzzed in that 137 seconds because he was he was too gung-ho trying to finish Brazil. Mm. Brazil made a chronic mistake, walking straight into the pocket, dropped his hands as he went into range and didn't take his head off centre line, walked straight into a right hand. So they're two spectacular finishes, but out of context, those finishes don't really tell the story of a guy that has... He's probably lost more rounds than anybody in the world yeah. with a record of essentially 41-0. Yeah, but he's got that get-out clause every mm. time. And, and I was at the Ortiz fight. I was sitting there ringside and he lost, like you said, every second, every round. But he hit Luis Ortiz in the forehead yeah. with a shot that cleaned him out. Like, when you hit someone in the forehead, it normally hurts the puncher, the guy throwing the punch. It normally hurts his hand rather than hurt you. You can take them shots all day if they hit you in the forehead. It's normally temple shots or back of the head or chin that is going to send someone over. But he hit him like kind of half through his guard as well. And he cleaned him out. That is the danger with Wilder. And we all know it. We've seen it. Fury's powers of recovery in the last fight were amazing. Credit to him. But this guy can turn their lights out in a split second. Here's a question for you. It sort of reminds me of that conversation that we had with Martin Murray about Golovkin. And he says how he knew it was going to be the hardest he'd ever been hit in a fight. So he mentally prepared himself for, for yeah. hell. Then when he got hit, he sort of went, okay, yeah, that hurts, but I can deal with this. And you, do you get acclimatised to fighters' power if you get hit sort of regularly and often? And if, if that's the case, I feel like one of the things with Deontay Wilder is doesn't let the right hand go very often in a fight. No. I mean, very rarely. He, he'll maybe box in spurts of two or three little raids per round at most. Mm. And the rest of the time, he's very cagey. He's on the back foot. The right hand's always cocked. The left hand's sort of doing various different things, posturing, sort of probing with the jab, flicking the jab, whipping the left hook. But it's... It's kind of almost, he waits until that moment where his opponent switches off, then he tags with the right hand. And I just wonder, with Luis Ortiz, it was almost, he hadn't been hit with almost anything for six rounds, maybe a couple of glancing shots, then the right hand lands. Is it more impactful when you've not had time to get warmed up to somebody, when they've not been touching you and suddenly you get hit with a big shot? I'd say it probably is. What I liked about Wilder in that last fight, and I think people read into it a bit too much, whereas they're saying that, he waits for you to plant your feet before he throws. I don't think he's technically even that gifted. Well, and he doesn't it. even think about it either. I think he just throws it when he wants to throw it. And if it lands, it's potentially going to take you out. Mm. And I think that's what happened in the Ortiz fight. But what it did like about Wilder in that fight was, although he was losing the fight, he was relaxed. It was like he knew it was coming. He knew at some point, I'm going to hit this guy. Mm. I'm going to hit him and get rid. And he's got that, like, his power carries through the fight. As we've seen him, he dropped Fury pretty heavily in the 12th round. Yeah, Ortiz in the 10th as well. In the Ortiz in the 10th. So he, he knows that he's got that get-out clause at any time in the fight. You have to be so switched on. And when I fought hard punchers in the past, I have been switched on. Like guys with a reputation of punching and knowing that you're going to this fight with it, they could take you out at any split second. I've been more weary. Quig, for example, Kiko Martinez, I've been really on it and really reactive. Fury will know from the first time that he can be hurt. I think Fury will be even more reactive this time. But I still don't know who's going to win. 
Okay, earlier this week, I popped down to the Repton, the draw for the golden contract, which is on tonight, your call. Completely sold out, so don't bother getting tickets, but it is on Sky Sports. Um, caught up with a few fighters and coaches uh, and broadcasters as well to get their opinion on Wilder Fury tomorrow night. The first person I caught up with was Angel Fernandez, part of Anthony Joshua's new coaching setup uh, and coaching O'Hara Davis in the golden contract. Let's get his thoughts on the fight tomorrow. I think Wilder knows that can hurt Fury. Um, but I think one of the things that for me, I think um, in the last five, Fury lost too much weight, you know, uh, too quick. Um, and I think in this time, he's going to be in, in a better kind of like physical and mentally position. And I think I'm going to go for Fury, to be honest. Talk to me a little bit about Sugar Hill Stewart, because obviously Manny Stewart's nephew, that cronk gym philosophy, yeah. their much more aggressive style of fighting, yeah. which is different to how Ben Davison taught Tyson. That was much more like pot, pot shot, yeah. negative. Do you feel that they have to approach the fight in a more aggressive fashion? Because if it goes to the scorecards, Fury is leaving a lot to chance. Not necessarily, uh, because I think he was doing well in the last fight. But then again, once you go to America, you have to maybe kind of like be slightly more aggressive in your work. But for what I heard and for what I've seen, it's a more kind of like technical approach to Fury. So um, to be honest, am I going to go for points with uh, Fury? But it would not surprise me if Fury hurts uh, Wilder. To be honest, I mean, for me, Wilder has to be slightly more busier with his work, mm. uh, quicker footwork, gathering much more than what he actually normally does, you know, because he allows the guys to pretty much take the runs, and we saw that with uh, with Ortiz, you know. Uh, one of the things that kind of, like, a lot of people underestimate is Wilder, I think, because it's not very good technically, but you cannot be planted. And the moment that you plant your foot and you get flat is when you get that right hand, and Ortiz got that in the last two fights. Mm. But I think if he keeps himself, you know, busy with that jab, you know, cut the ring a lot more and busy with his combinations, he knows he can't hurt Fury. So it's an intriguing one. It's a, it's a 50-50, though. And, and much less likely to go the distance than the first fight. Yes, 100%. So he mentioned there he thinks that the key to Wilder's victory, if it's to happen, is to be busier. It's yeah. interesting because... He puts so much into shots. You know, if, if you're going for the finish or if you've sent somebody's hurt, you can step up through the gears, but you can't maintain those gears for, for three minutes of a round because you, yeah. you, you get sapped of energy. We saw it with Anthony Yard against Sergei Kovalev. Because Wilder puts so much into shots, he has to fight in intermittent bursts. Mm. So it's going to be very hard for him to actually step the pace up for longer portions of Maybe the Maybe that's why he doesn't throw the right hand as often right. as he should because when you're missing and hitting thinner and you're putting so much effort and force into a shot that really tires you. If you're not hitting anything behind it, and it's just falling into thin air, it's tiring and it's, it's energy sapping on the body. But he does need to be busier. What I will say is, it looked so easy for Fury the last time to avoid the right hand when Wilder did throw it by simply ducking to Fury's so inside Wilder. Mm. So he kind of just ducked down dunk, every time. Right, and yeah. he, he just done it the whole fight. That's mm. all he done. Anytime that right hand came, he ducked inside and it went over his shoulder every single time. But he's ducking in the same direction. If you're Fury's coach, you're drilling every single day in the whole training camp. After the right hand comes, you're throwing a left hook kind of that direction mm. where Fury, you're hoping Fury's head's going to mm. be. And you're just doing that over and over again. But I don't even know if Wilder has the ability to do that with his feet and his balance and, and how he sets his feet. I don't know if he can throw that shot. A better boxer, that's what I would be doing. Two things. One thing you've noticed in the second half of the fight, Wilder starts to aim the right hand almost like bottom left. 
Mm. So instead of aiming it straight because it's sliding straight over Fury's shoulder, he starts to aim it a little mm. bit lower. And he was catching Fury a little bit more regularly with the right hand. The second thing, uh, this is uh, someone called Daniel Allen on Twitter pointed this out. So the two times Fury got dropped, it was, I think it was right hand, left hook. And Fury tried to go under the shots both times. So he tried to kind of dip. And I think the right hand missed, but the left hook caught him on the top of the head or the back of the head. And that's when he went down the first time. He was off balance, I think, for the first one. It wasn't a, a properly legit knockdown. The second one, obviously, he was. And in that 12th round, when he started coming back, it was when he slipped outside of the right hand, came back with a left hook, right hand of his own, and actually caught Wilder. And that was when he wobbled him in the 12th round. I guess in in the simplest sense of the word, you've now got, both of those fighters have got 36 minutes of data on each other. And not only data that they can remember in terms of feeling how the the shots were, the speed, everything else, they can actually watch that footage and say, what didn't work for me this time? What am I going to try this time? So though, you know, fighters who have been in the game that long. We're not going to see anything dramatically different from them stylistically. No, I, and I think if you're a Fury, you have the similar approach. We're hearing all this stuff that he's going to stand and have a fight and he's gained more weight because he wants to take Wilder out. I don't believe that for a second, mm. for a start. I don't believe that Sugar Hill and Andy Lee would allow him to go and, and stand and have a fight with a guy like Wilder who's such a dangerous puncher. But he needs to fight in a similar manner to what he done the last fight. This is boxing... He's going to get hit at some point in the fight. There's no way he can go through 12 rounds without being hit. But it's about high rates of shots and how clean he gets hit. Interesting. I never noticed that. Wilder throwing the shots kind of down that direction where Fury's head was going to be when he was slipping the shots. It'll be interesting to see if him and his team start from early on in the fight throwing that shot from round one. Let's talk about that that influence of Andy Lee and, and Javon Stewart. He's obviously started working with Emmanuel Stewart. In fact, I say started working with him, worked with him for about four to six weeks and then kept in touch with him. I think back in about 2009, 10, he went over to the Cronk and I think they had a real affinity together and he really loved it. But Paris was pregnant at the time. He didn't want to stay over there. He had obligations back home. So he came back, but he'd always kept in touch with them. And I think he felt like this was a way of kind of finishing what he started there, bringing Andy Lee back into the fold, who, of course, was there when he first walked into the gym. The Kronk fighters tend to be much more aggressive. They do tend to be... When you look at some of the fighters... I mean, Tommy Hearns, obviously, is, is the obvious one, but they were long, rangy, hard punchers, people like Gerald McClellan yeah, as well. Yeah, not good a lot of them. But for Fury, and we talked about... It was announced yesterday, the, the judging panel. So Dave Moretti, Steve Weisfeld... Burt Clements, and then the referees, Kenny Bayless, an all-American cast, almost an identical cast to your rematch of Leo Santa Cruz. As a, a Brit fighter going over to Vegas, do you have any concerns when you see an all-American lineup on the judging panel? Does it make you think, I'm going to need to have to do something special? No, I don't think so. It didn't concern me the last day. Well, it didn't concern me, I think, because I'd beaten Leo Santa Cruz in New York. I think all American judges, I'm not 100% sure. You're looking at me like oh, I've got box record. I don't know. You might know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You no. probably know more than me. But um, <laughs> I wasn't concerned about judges getting a decision wrong. What I will say is I think one of them who is judging this fight scored my second fight with Leo Santa Cruz a draw, which I think was wrong. I just felt at the end of the fight. I, had, I haven't scored the fight, but I just felt at the end of the fight, Leo won the fight. But I, I don't think it should be something that Fury's too worried about. I think that because of the scrutiny around the last performance of the judges... Everyone knows that Fury won that fight, Hmm. pretty much. But because of the scrutiny around the last judging setup, I think this time 
they will know about that. The, the eyes are on them. And the eyes are on them, and it will be as far as it can be. Andy Clark, uh, Sky Sports commentator, you here in action tonight, the golden contract. I asked him something about that as well. Let's hear what he had to say. He's not just going to do what he's always done, style-wise. I mean, it just wouldn't... It'd be a radical departure because it's always worked. I know, he got, I know the, the first fight was a draw, but most people agree that he should have got the win. So that approach has always worked. But then that's the worry, isn't it? If you're, if you're going somewhere where you feel you might not get a fair shake on the cards if it goes to points, do you feel, therefore, an, an unfair sort of imperative to have to go forward and, and make more of the fight? Possibly, but and, and his change of training team would. It, I mean, it does lend credence to the fact that he's going to approach it more aggressively. But also, you can have situations where, if the consensus is, and it was, that you've been stitched up on the cards in the first fight, I think that does make it less likely to happen the second time around because that will get into. It, it shouldn't, and it's not ideal, but it's likelihood is that might get into judges' heads. So, mm. I think. Why change a winning formula if you're furing? Mm. This is what he's always... It's what he's always done. Having said that, I do fancy Wilder this time to, to stop him because one thing that I thought got lost a bit in the aftermath of the last fight because all the chat was about how Fury could have got the decision. And I do agree. I do agree. But Wilder very nearly took him out. I mean, he was one second away from doing it. And I think he's got better at it since then. Yeah, so that's quite interesting to hear what Andy said there about thinking that perhaps it might work in Fury's favour because the eyes of the world are on the judges and they know... So, so if we're looking at a fight where there are 12 close rounds, some of those rounds where they are on the fence might get edged to Fury out yeah. of instinct this time. And uh, it shouldn't be the case, but it could be the case. So it's a very fair point that Andy made. I just don't think that Fury will be too worried about the judging going in this time. What I will say is, though, and it's getting brushed under the car, but obviously Fury has teamed up with... Andy Lee and Sugar Hill. But Ben Davison, who's brought Tyson Fury back from obesity and on this amazing path to fighting Deontay Wilder and beating him, in my opinion, but just not getting his hand raised, has been suddenly dumped and dropped for what seems like an, another very good team. And Andy Lee, someone who I know, I always thought Andy's going to be a fantastic coach. Yeah. But he's got a brand new team for the biggest fight of his career. I really don't understand the reasoning in behind dumping Ben Davison off. So I was reading, Ben is, is a very respectful guy. So anytime yeah. he's asked in interviews, he never speaks out about things and he's always wishes Tyson well. And of course, you know yourself, like you have to sometimes say things to placate. But ultimately, I think Ben's dealt with the whole situation admirably. Yeah, I've read that, and this was from Javon Stewart, actually. He, he did an interview a couple of months ago and said... He was asked by Tyson if he wanted to come into the fold and work as a collaboration with Ben. And Tyson said to him on the phone, he said, Ben will be involved as well. Um, so it'd be yourself and, and Ben kind of co-training me. And Stuart said, look, I'm really excited about that. Sounds great. Get back to me and let me know. And then a couple of days later, Tyson called and said, look, Ben won't be involved. But obviously, if you'd still like to be involved, that would be great. So I think maybe it was that Ben didn't want to co-train somebody he wants mm. to either be at the wheel or let somebody else take the reins fully yeah. and perhaps he felt like stylistically it would be a conflict of interest because of the way that they coach and the way that he coaches he felt like actually it wouldn't be the best thing for him yeah and maybe that's it's an admirable approach mm. and he hasn't really said anything he's kept his lips sealed as to what really went on but he has been wishing Tyson well but I, I just feel like he won that fight against Wilder if he had got his hand raised would Ben Davison still be his trainer I think so. 
Yeah, I think I think you probably would have. I don't see any need in, in training your trainer at this at changing your trainer. Sorry, at this point in time, because we saw the huge influence that Angel Fernandez again, another very humble man who would never want to take too much of the credit but stylistically we know how he coaches and we saw the influence he had on Anthony Joshua in the in the Andrew Ruiz rematch the the angles and everything that he did was so key to victory do you think Fury really needed to or needs to change that much going no, into this one he doesn't need to change anything I think he needs to have the same approach and just be switched on from start to finish and that's that's the thing the change in trainer is, is a thing for me that it's not, not annoyed me because it's nothing really to do with me but mm. it's just it just seems unnecessary because there was no issues with Fury's performance in that fight apart from the knockdowns, which can happen at any point against someone like Wilder. And he got up for him, so that has to be a credit to his fitness and the fitness regime and training plan that Ben Davison had put together. But the tactics from Ben Davison, I think, were were spot on and as good as they can be. Um, Fury got nailed by the hardest punching heavyweight there has ever been, possibly, mm. and he went over, but he got back up. I don't think there was a need to change trainers. He's brought Stitch Duran into the fold, best cutsman in the world, most experienced cutsman in the world, in anticipation of potentially that scar tissue opening from 47, I think, stitches he had against Otto Vorlin. I mean, that's insane. Uh, also, potentially coming in a little bit heavier. Of course, you, you know yourself. and You sent me that picture when you were, uh, I forget, were you at Super Bantam or Bantam, you're absolutely shredded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're thin, your skin is going to be thinner on cheekbones and above yeah. your eyes and stuff like that. Little bit of extra weight and a bit of extra hydration, potentially just a, a way to try and preempt cuts and just to manage cuts. Yeah, potentially, yeah. And, and maybe people are maybe looking into the weight, him coming in heavier. He's a about a stone they were expecting him to come in heavier than he was the last time these big men that's not that's going to affect lot. them too much no. especially someone with the shape of fury it's mm. not as if he's coming in obese again he's never going to look that good on the, on a scales or on a fight night but a stone for someone like Tyson Fury isn't a lot of weight I think it's more probably down to not cutting but also to maybe trying an extra stone behind you taking a shot mm. might benefit him that way but for people to suggest that he's put one weight to go and stand and have a fight with Wilder they've got that very very wrong yeah a leopard doesn't change his spots that much does it he's not going to suddenly come in and, and be a walk forward no and let's not forget Fury Fury was knocked over by Steve Cunningham Steve Cunningham <sighs> like like a 210 pound yeah. heavyweight and, and not even he wasn't a big punching cruiserweight when no, he was a cruiserweight really, no. it's like you have concerns for him because Wilder's such a dangerous man, but um, I think that probably the little bit of weight that he's put on may not be a bad thing. I don't think it's going to be detrimental to him. I don't want to discredit Wilder, but I have almost no doubt that the reason they took that fight originally is because they thought they were catching a very cold, yeah. unfit, rusty guy who had a three-year layoff, was up to 27 stone. He'd fought Sefer Seferi, who, who's five foot ten cruiserweight, and Francesco Pianetta, who's just nothing to write home about, even at European level. He's always been the kind of guy, though, Fury. And obviously we know this now, but he underperforms against opponents who aren't really at his level. And yeah. it really takes an opponent that A, puts the fear into him, like a Vladimir Klitschko, like a, a Deontay Wilder, and in anticipation, probably an Anthony Joshua. And that's when we see the best of him. It's always very easy to look back at the last two fights and say, well, Deontay Wilder cleaned out Dominic Brazil. He went seven rounds with Anthony Joshua. He knocked out Luis Ortiz twice. Uh, and Fury essentially fumbled his way past. Uh, I mean, Tom Schwartz was, was an early night, but Otto Vorlin, who again is not someone that we see as any more than fringe world level at best. Mm. But again, Fury's track record is that on the night, on the big stage when performs the lights better. are on, he performs. Yeah, and I think I think that's probably that's a fair comment. I think that 
out of all Fury's performances so far, I would say the Wilder performance the last time, the draw, that was better than the Klitschko victory for me. Yeah. Not a lot happened in the Klitschko fight. No, and people, people talk about the Klitschko fight. That's another one that kind of irks me a bit about this masterclass from Fury. Yeah. It was a really close fight mm. and it was a dull enough fight too. Um, and because of time elapsing, people have it down as some sort of Muhammad Ali type performance. It was a very good performance against a very good champion who we've seen still had something left when he fought Joshua shortly after that. But Cognitive dissonance, they call it. It's the... the the misremembering of a of an, a historical event as different to what it what do you call it cognitive dissonance. I remember that. There you go. I like that. Thanks. Thirty third. We're going to come on to a few questions from Twitter. I tweeted yesterday and said, "Get us your questions in." Some really interesting ones, actually. I want you to kind of pick over some um, not so interesting ones as well. Yeah, there are some. Yeah, only good ones. Will there ever be a boy ball that can swim faster than a shark? Because one of my favourites. Yeah. Quick one. <laughs> yeah, I took you a sec. Quick one. So you've obviously done the Vegas fight night. You've also been in Wilder's dressing room for one of his fights, I believe. Yeah. Is that right? No. Wilder was in my dressing room against Luke Jackson, Windsor Park. He's quite a fan of yours, isn't he? I wouldn't say that. I don't know. A fan. He really like you. He, he was nice to me. Went to um, take you home with him. He said a few things that were very nice. And, and, what um, did he say to you? I can't remember. Just the whole American stuff. Um, <laughs> he was... Uh, Specific. He was very American. I will say that. He was um, like... So he's just got Americans. No, it was very, very American when he came into the room. I was like, how you doing, big man? That's what I says. Yeah, it is what really uh, And he says, whatever, you know, about the fight. He went, yeah, with a bit of luck or whatever. And he went, there is no luck business, man. Bomb squad, man. And he starts shouting bomb squad. Run about Belfast, which isn't the best term to use around <laughs> Belfast. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, he was liked by the people. He was very friendly and he was very approachable. He said some very pleasant things to me before. Okay. And what about interactions with Fury? Fury's been really nice as well. Fury has said some good things as well, and, and I've always wished Tyson well. And I want them to win the fight. I do want them to win, but I'm still not 100% sure. I remember getting my daughter, Carla, to get a photograph with him because he's, you know, the big heavyweight yeah, champ that yeah. he is. And it's nice to have these memories. And he lifted her up, and uh, Ross was running about somewhere too. And he took a tenner. All, it was all he had in his pocket. He'd have probably given them more. A tenner to Carla and a, and a tenner to, to Rosa, which I, I liked. I know he's got plenty of money, but it was still nice to do that to the kids. So he's a nice, he's a nice big man. And the, I think the fury away from the cameras is someone completely different. Interesting. When you do that ring walk in Vegas, I mean, obviously you, you always take a lot of travelling fans. How do you block out that or do you block out that noise do you try and enjoy that ring walk I, I enjoy it and and i remember even for the for the windsor park fight that i had there was a, a clip of jimmy moore saying soak this in like on the on the mm. ring walk enjoy it enjoy yourself here and switch on when you get into the ring and that's what i i do you hear people talking and people are all different talking about you know the blinkers on and they're fully focused on the fight but i'm looking around and looking at faces that i can see and i'm excited about getting the fight done and getting my hand raised hopefully at the end I don't think I'm really in the zone until I'm in the ring. Okay, good. Let's go to Twitter, shall we? Kane Miller asked a good question yesterday. He said, we all focus so much on Deontay Wilder's flaws. It's very true. What are our thoughts on the subtle things that he does well? Do you want to go first or should I go first? I would like you to go first because I don't know if he, uh, he does too much well. In that first fight with Fury... I thought he... That, that sounds a bit of a dis... I don't want to be... No, it's not. And, and again, it's one of those things where actually it took me... I remember reading that and I had to think. 
battle what he does well. What does he do well? Because mm. actually, by the textbook, the answer what he does be, well is knock people out. Right. Well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is ultimately the the, the A to B of boxing. Yeah. So, I think subtle things he does well with the first Fury fight. He didn't react to the feints, and I think Fury really wears people down with feints. Mm. Sort of Vladimir Klitschko was totally flummoxed by the feints. It sapped his energy. It took him out of his rhythm. He didn't know when to step on Fury. Didn't know when to step off. Whereas Wilder, I think, could practice getting sparring partners in to throw lots of feints and ultimately not being drawn in by them. I think yeah. that was actually quite a smart sort of game plan that went, went unnoticed in that first fight. I also think he does, he sets up the right hand better than a lot of people think. Sometimes pulls the guard away with the left hand. He uses the jab as a kind of blinding mechanism. He's not just a, yeah, he does telegraph the right and he lifts his back leg off the floor when he throws it and he's off and off balance when he misses the left hook. But he does subtle things. He maintains the gap well, maintains the distance well, always got the right hand cock so that at any point he could pull the trigger. And because yeah. you know what, the power that's going to come with that, it creates tensitivity in the opponents without him actually having to do very much. Not many things. I agree. Thanks very much. Um, no, you're right. But he's, <laughs> he makes he makes a lot of mistakes too. Yeah. Um, and there's no such thing as a perfect fighter. But yeah, interesting what you said about the, the pull down as well. That's an old kind of... Russian or Eastern European technique anyway where they yeah. pull your hand and throw hooks and this way yeah. Lomachenko's brilliant at it but brilliant, yeah. I never really spotted it but now I can imagine just after you said it that he kind of does it he keeps his hand out long and kind of pulls it down this way to throw a, a right hand That's so it. yeah I suppose that is something that he does pretty well how wise this is from Mikey at Analyze Boxing how wise would it be for Fury fighting on the inside using his size and frame against the much lighter man but also nullifying Wilder's power in the process by keeping him up close and not allowing him full leverage on his shots it's a great question well, yeah it's a good question and I think it's I don't think Fury can stay on the outside all the time yeah. and I think when he is on the inside, he will have to be very close to him. No such, like he cannot be in the middle distance. No, 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 no. Fury at all. He needs to be very far away or very close. Kenny Bayless is a referee who typically doesn't let people fight yeah. out of clinches and on the inside. So that may be a problem there. But I think a, a big man like Fury, if he's clever and he gets to the inside safely, he can use his strength to sap a little bit of energy. But with different referees, you may get away with a little bit more. Kenny Bayless typically doesn't really let people... He breaks Clinch, the clinch he up. Does, he yeah. gets in. And he's a big, strong guy too, which, yeah. which means there's not going to be any nonsense in there. He's a very yeah. good referee, Kenny Bayless. This is from uh, the boxing writer. At what point, if a fight-ending cut were to occur, do we go to the judges for a technical decision? Is it five? Yes, yeah, so it's four completed rounds onwards. <laughs> Has Carl ever tried a hot cross bun? I guess it's after the mince pie thing. I um, haven't, by the way. Have you not? Have you tried a hot cross bun? No. How many weeks to Easter? Is that an Easter Four, thing? Five, yeah, I'll bring some in. That's mental. Thanks, Why have yeah. you... Where did you live? Like in a... They're not air a big raid thing. Shelter. Hot cross buns aren't a big thing. In, Ten years of your life. life. They're not a big thing. Do you mean they're not a big thing in they're, Easter? They're, they're English. They're English. They're not Northern they're Irish. They're in... Belfort. Do you have Easter? But we eat Easter eggs like normal people. We don't eat hot cross buns. Okay, fine. Carry on. Feel free to comment if you think that's absolutely <laughs> mental as well. Because it is. Um be interesting to know people's thoughts on the future pair of them if Wilder wins draw and a win for Wilder surely prioritise unification bout with AJ uh, over another Fury bout so this is interesting so in the WBC rules yeah. it says that they can override and make any match happen if they believe it's in the public interest okay it's a classic kind of sub, yeah, we, yeah, we sub life we for the WBC yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we do whatever we want if there's controversy in a Wilder win this time around then you would imagine that there would be enough public first for a third and final match yeah. because we, we may not feel like 
we're going to get a definitive or we've had a definitive winner tomorrow. Yeah, what, yeah, I'm hoping there is no controversy. But what I would like to see, whoever wins this next fight, there's talk of the trilogy fight automatically and they've agreed some sort of deal right. in principle anyway. Mm-hmm. I would prefer if the winner, these guys can fight each other all the time. Fury, Wilder, Joshua. I would prefer if the winner of this fight went and fought AJ next. Okay. And then we know the number one on the planet. We know the number one heavyweight on the planet because at this point in time, although AJ has most of the belts, it's still a debate as to which one of the three is the number one on the planet. What's the bigger fight, assuming whoever? Uh, AJ Fury. AJ, AJ Fury's bigger than AJ Wilder, is it? Yeah, I think so. What do you think? Yeah, I think AJ, certainly in Britain. Imagine how big it would be over here. In, in the UK, as well. but like, I think that would be, that would sell two Wambleys out. AJ is the common denominator in the big fight though, isn't he? Because AJ yeah. Fury and AJ Wilder are bigger than Wilder Fury. I agree. He's the kind of missing piece in the puzzle yeah. and that has to happen. Yeah, yeah. It has to happen next year. Yeah. You know? And I hope it does. I hope it does. I just hope boxing politics don't get in the road and uh, by kind of the end of the year, potentially, we could have an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, which would be great for the sport. Mm. How much will... A three stone weight advantage make in clinches when you sparred people that are considerably heavier than you. What complications? It sap your energy. You have to hit. Yeah, it much does. Spar- I, and I've sparred a lot of big guys. I used to spar with late middleweights and stuff that I sparred before, and I always remember being physically. It was physically very demanding. It will come into effect a little bit, but what I will say is, although Fury is heavier than Wilder, is he that much stronger? Doesn't look like a very strong person. Fury? Yeah. I think he's a lot stronger than Wilder. You think so? So Wilder has been bullied around by a lot of quite small heavyweights. Yeah. Spilker, Johal Pass. I mean, not small heavyweights, but relative to what he is as a a stature. And I think Fury physically stronger than heavy and... That's that gypsy strength, isn't it? They're used to fighting and racking and scrapping. Wilder's not a guy that physically... And even what was weird, when they pushed each other at um, at the presser yesterday... You watch Wilder push Fury and Wilder kind of almost gets pushed back himself. And then when Fury pushes Wilder, and I know it's all kind of pre-agreed, you push me, I'll push you. But Fury sent Wilder flying. Kind of like when Jarrell Miller shoved Joshua and you go, wow, guy must be on the on the juice or something. Um, (laughs) And I would never, never insinuate that. He was. But yeah, it it was a, that was a real indication. And it reminds me of when you talked about Nonito Donet, you said he's a real a real puncher, real snap in his shots, but physically not a strong guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and what does that enable you to just move him around a little yeah, bit? Yeah, just and, and allows you to rest a little bit more on the inside and kind of just lie on someone, you know, that by you just doing that in your presence, it's physically a lot more demanding on the other guy than it is you. But yeah, I suppose you're probably right. Fury, I wouldn't say Fury's the strongest heavyweight in the world, but thinking about it now, Wilder's big skinny legs and stuff, He's probably a little, little bit more stronger than, than Wilder. Does he use it, though? Does he fight like that? Does he one of these guys, you know, Again, hit he's not, hole and grapple and yeah. move around and push? Fury's not that type of fighter. No, he's not. And Kenny Bale has been the referee as well. Isn't, isn't going to allow it to happen. No. Very, very interesting. Can I get you to commit to, to a winner? See, it's, it's very difficult for me. I've been saying... I've changed my mind a couple of times. And by the time this goes out and by the time the fight happens, I'll probably change it again. A really difficult one to call. Put a gun to my head. Fury points. Agreed. Fury points. Let's hope it happens because it sets up a brilliant so. fight with, with AJ. Hopefully Fury and AJ will be absolutely humongous mm. for British boxing. World boxing, but British boxing would take a massive boost from it. Good stuff. Mate, happy birthday. Thanks for your time. Thanks, boss. Enjoy the fight Saturday. Where are you going to watch it? 
At home? Yeah, on my own, because everyone else will be in bed. Give me a FaceTime, mate, I'll be up. Will do. Good stuff. Thanks for your company as well, uh, all here on TKO. Let us know your thoughts uh, on the YouTube comments, wherever you're watching it. Use the hashtag TKO. Uh, love to hear from you. Thanks to all of you who left comments. We've got through as many as we could. Sorry we couldn't get through all of them. Um, but enjoy the fight Saturday night, and we will be reviewing it later on next week. Join us then. You've been listening to TKO on Joe.